Now grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and take them and turn with me to the New Testament. To the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And what a day. This is a real, real serious, serious day. A solemn day. We, we, we had some things that we wanted to add to the skit that it just seemed like it would take away from the seriousness of it. Uh, and, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about in a few moments. But I, I want to I wanna invite you to open your heart today. I want you to ask God to speak to you. This is the, the kickoff of our, our missions month that we do every year. We take on a project every year. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure that we have taken on one as intense or as important as the one we're taking on. To the point that the people that we're going to support and the people that we're going to bring and give the, 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 the resources to to take the gospel to their people, they're risking their life to do what they're doing. Now, we're not risking a whole lot. I mean, if the truth be known, we're not risking a whole lot to get the gospel to them, but they are risking it all in the place that they are at. So I, wanna, I want you to keep that in mind. And as we look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll just read a couple verses and then we'll pray. All right, verse number 3. Verse number 3. If, you, if you're there, say amen. amen. But if our gospel be, what's that word? Hid. hid. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, we know that's the devil, that's Satan, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. He's blinded them. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves ye servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give, now here it is, here it is, the light of the knowledge. Say that with me. The light of the knowledge. the knowledge. What is the light? The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the, the, just the privilege of being in this place. Thank you for the privilege of being born in the United States. Thank you for being, uh, giving us the privilege of being born in a place that's got a lot of light. Lord, we are, we are uh, today embarking on a journey to attack the darkness. Attack a dark place. A place where Satan has a stronghold. Lord, we're not going to sit by and, 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 and be relaxed in our, our privilege. But God, we're going to step up and take the gospel to a dark place. I pray that you'll touch every heart today. I pray that you will convict us where we need convicting. Lord, just soften our hearts to people who need the gospel. Lord, we'll praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. There's a lot I'd like to say today, but I want to I try to be brief because uh, my time is limited. But I want to share with you just a few things that God has showed me. To be honest with you, God has kind of convicted me uh, in, in the truth that we, we, we're uh, uh, being challenged with today. Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, the redneck in me overtakes the spiritual side of me. And sometimes I think things I ought not to think. And I'm just being transparent. I'm just trying to be as open with you as possible. 
and, and, and probably if the truth be known, uh, y'all probably thought some stuff y'all ought not think too. And all God's people say it. And as I was looking at, at, at this chapter and, 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 and preaching on this subject, and I titled it Operation Nigeria. Operation Nigeria. Brother Jeff came to me, and uh, we are in the planning stages of, of what our project would be this year, what we would do for missions this year. And, and, and he was sharing with me the opportunity, the opportunity to take the gospel to a country that is very dark. You've you seen, you seen the, the, the map and the northern part where we're going and where we're targeting, it is completely ran by Boko Haram. And, and most of y'all, you've heard the news, you've seen the news. Uh, probably one of the first things you've seen was uh, uh, the, the kidnapping of all those girls. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I hate that I, I felt this way after God's kind of opened my eyes to some things. But, man, when I first saw that report, my, my first instinct, I'm thinking to myself, send in the Marines, send in the, the SEAL team. Go in there and kill them all. Kill them all. Make a parking lot of every village they have. Kill them all. Bring those girls back. Rescue them. Get them girls. I've got all four girls. Man, I'm telling you, that just, that just it ate at me. Kill them all. I know, I know I'm the pastor and I'm not supposed to think that way, but I'm telling you, that's what I thought. There's no helping them people. And I begin to think of 911. I begin to think of all the other things that the radical Islam has contributed to and created and the chaos in this world. And, and man, my anger, my anger started overriding my spiritual uh, uh, understanding and, and my spiritual side of my thinking. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't thinking what I should be thinking. And let me tell you why. And this is, this is where I'm, I'm getting to. Here in, in verse number, here in verse number three, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you uh, just a few things under number one and then, then just give you two and three as a, as a conclusion, okay? Number one, I want you to see the adversity that we, that we are facing, the adversity, the difficulty, the obstacle. Uh, if we're going to attack, if we're going to attack a dark place, if we're going to go into Nigeria and take the gospel to a dark place, take the gospel to a violent place, take the gospel to a wicked place, that we're going to have adversity. We're going to have obstacles in the way. We're going to have difficulties. Satan is not going to roll over and play dead and just allow us to come into his stronghold without giving a fight. Say amen. It's going to happen. And this is one thing, I, I was going over this and over this and over this. And man, I really wanted to, you know, our theme is the light. Our theme is the light, the gospel, the knowledge of the, the glorious gospel of Christ, the knowledge of God. What is the light? The knowledge of God. Amen? And, and I wanted to focus on that. I went through all of the Bible and I, and, I, and I copied down all the places where you see the light and, and where the lights come in. But you know what God started putting in my heart and my spirit? He says, don't focus on the light, focus on the darkness. I want my people to understand the darkness. I want my people to see the darkness. I want them to realize and comprehend and understand there is a real darkness out there. And I, I, I wrote down just a couple verses. Let me share them with you. Jesus is in the garden. <clears throat> Jesus is praying. 
You remember right before he was arrested and, and crucified, he was, he was praying in the garden and they came to arrest him and they came with soldiers and spears and swords. And it says in Luke twenty two fifty two, Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders, which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Jesus is saying there is a real darkness and there is a darkness that has real power. Real power. Ephesians 6.12 Ephesians 6.12 For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Colossians 1.12 Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us, say amen, amen. who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His Son. What is that saying? There is a real darkness. There is a real power in that darkness. There are real principalities. That means leadership and an authority schedule in that darkness. We are facing a darkness that is real. Jesus faced that darkness when He was in the garden. Jesus faced that darkness when He was on the cross. Jesus is telling us, gird up your loins. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Your enemy is not sitting beside you. Your enemy is not down the road at another church. Your enemy is not the person at work that you can't get along with. Your enemy is not the people out in this culture. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. There are real demons. There is a real devil and there is a real agenda to destroy you and your family in this darkness the darkness is real the darkness is real now what's significant about the darkness look here the bible says in when there is darkness darkness here's the here's the points i want you to write down darkness causes blindness darkness causes blindness in other words the inability to see 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded. Blinded. Here's, here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and this is what convicted me. I'm angry and I'm mad and, and I, I, I want to I kill them all. I mean, just destroy them all. Just, just get rid of them. Send in the special forces do whatever we got to take. I'm sick and tired of putting up with this garbage. I tell you what, there are a bunch of animals over there. Blah, 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 blah. Y'all know rednecks can get crazy. Say amen. And God said they're in darkness. They're in darkness. When you're in darkness, you cannot see. He said, this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. He said, son, you were born in the light. You were born in the church. You had the privilege and the opportunity to be raised in the church. I was singing Jesus loves me before I knew how to read. And I, was, I had the opportunity to be surrounded by the light my whole entire life. 
not just as a pastor's son, but there are churches on every corner who are shining the light. You can turn on the radio and there's the light. You can turn on the TV and there's the light. You can go to every corner and there's the light. But in this country and in this place, they're sitting in darkness and they can't see. We are spoiled in America. We get angry and we get attitudes about stuff we really don't understand and we have no idea. We're spoiled rotten. We've got light all around us, but yet they have not the gospel. They don't know about Jesus. All they know is what they know and that's what some false teacher has told them. They're in, the, they're in darkness and that darkness is real. I told everybody, I, I, get, I get ideas in my head and, and, and listen, when they go good, amen, when they don't blame me, my people, they do the best they can to get what's in my head out. That's a task. Say amen. Sometimes everything works out, but I want you to see it. I, I don't just want you to see it. I want you to feel it. I told them, I want to do this in the very beginning. I want as people coming in, I want the, I want the music to be dark. I want the atmosphere to be dark. I don't want to just come tell them there's darkness in this world. I want them to understand it. I want them to grip it. I want them to feel the darkness that's out there. This is a real project, guys. This is a real project. This is Operation Nigeria. You're going to be involved in taking the gospel to a dark place. The darkness causes blindness. They can't see. You know, when, when, when you start getting angry, or you start getting an attitude with people doing what they're doing, where they're doing it, you might as well, if there was a blind person in this room, and we do, we, we, have, we have a blind lady that comes and I, I see everybody. I see everybody going out of their way to help and, and bless and make sure she doesn't stumble or make sure she doesn't run, run into something. And, and that's what you're supposed to do. If she tripped and fell, nobody would say, Pfft. nobody would say, what's wrong with her? If she accidentally run into a wall that she didn't realize was there, Nobody would mock or make fun of and say, what's her problem? Why is she doing that? No, 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 no. That's not how we would do it. That's not what we would say. You know what we would say? Oh, help, let me. You know why? Because she is. You know what? Every Muslim in Nigeria who's killing Christians is blind. And you know what? I'm going to blow your mind right now. Jesus don't love you because you're American. Jesus loves you because you're human. Matter of fact, Jesus wasn't American. He wasn't even a white guy. He had olive skin. And for all you, you, you racists out there, he was full-blooded Jew. Jesus loves you because you're human, not American. You don't have a special privilege because you're American? In other words, let me translate that. Some of y'all are mad already. Jesus loves that Nigerian just as much as he loves you. The only difference between the Nigerian and you is you were born in the light and they weren't. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If the 
roles were reversed. And America was a dark place. And Nigeria had the light. Would you want someone from there to come share the light with you? And all God's people said, Darkness causes blindness, then B. Darkness causes stumbling. Stumbling. John eleven nine. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the, the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. John 12, 17. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Proverbs 4, 18. But the path of the justice is a shining light, and shineth more and more into the perfect day. But the way of the wicked is as, and they know not it what they... What does that mean? When you're always stumbling, you don't have the ability to walk. There's two things that are are seen here in the darkness. The darkness causes blindness and stumbling. Blindness is you cannot see that what you are doing is wrong. Does that make sense? You cannot see that what you are doing is wrong. You, you, You don't know. You don't realize. Well, anybody, no, 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 wait a minute. You were born in the light, remember? Darkness causes you not to see that what you're doing is wrong. But not only that, it causes stumbling. What is stumbling? The inability to walk right. In other words, while they are living in darkness, there's no way they can walk right. There's no way they'll ever be able to do right. There's no way they'll be able to walk right until they step into the But if they have no light, how's that going to change? Everybody here is privileged. You know right and wrong. Because you've been, you've been given the light. You're walking in the light. You can see where you're going. You can see what to go around. You can see where not to stumble because you have the light. They have no light. So we have to change our mentality. We have to change our understanding. We have to change our attitude. We can no longer watch the news and get all mad and frustrated and say, kill them all. We got to say, oh God, send the light. Why? Because that one year wanted to drop a bomb on Jesus died for him too. For God so loved the world. Not the American. And I'm not, I'm not being anti, you know, anti-patriotic. I'm as patriotic as they come, man. Red, white, and blue. God bless the USA. Amen. I'm all for that and I'm all about it. I think it's the greatest nation in the world, but I think it's spoiled a bunch of us. And we think that we've got some special favor with God that God likes us better than everybody else. That's not so. God has blessed us better than everybody else so that we can take the light to everybody else. And all God's people say it. 
This makes so much more sense now. This makes so much more sense now. Let me read the John 12 again. Watch this. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness comes upon you. Watch this now. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he... Watch this. You know, what, you know what that verse is saying? He don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. Does that sound familiar? Was there a time on a hill far away where there stood an old rugged cross? That there was a Savior dying on the cross, bleeding his, his life's blood out? And as they were nailing him to a cross, he said, Father, forgive them for... You know what gave Christ the ability to be able to forgive people who were nailing him to the cross? He understood they was in darkness. And they don't know what they're doing. We see them towers fall. And the patriot in us wants to rise up and fight back. But God is saying they know not what they do what's the answer then what's the answer look at number two I love this I love this what's the answer that we find John 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word that's capital W that's Jesus y'all And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the the light of men. And the light shineth in, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the, you notice that's capital L, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that capital L, but was sent to bear witness of that, capital L. That was the true, capital L, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. What does that mean? When Jesus came, he came to a dark place, but he came as the light. John 8 9. Then spake Jesus again and said unto them, I am the light of the world. Just if you're confused, if you don't know what he's talking about, he said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Say amen. amen. 2 Corinthians 4. This is back where we started. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, the gospel is the light, the good news that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus, and He is the Son of God. The knowledge that there is a God who loves you beyond your understanding. There is a God who sent His only begotten Son to die on a cross. He died to shed His blood so that that you could be forgiven of your sin. He rose the third day and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father today. Honey, that is good news. It's not only good news, it is light to a dark place. Yes. And you know what God was saying? 
He's saying bombs are not the answer. Diplomacy is not the answer. More prisons is not the answer. Hey, places of, 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 of warfare and things of warfare is not the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. We need to take the light into a dark place. We need to take Jesus to those who don't know Him because Jesus can do what the president can't do. Jesus can do what the UN can't do. Jesus can do what Nigeria itself cannot do. The gospel can go into a dark place place and bring the light somebody say man the answer is Jesus it's not missiles it's not bullets it's Jesus he is the light amen lastly I want you to see our assignment the adversity we face the answer we find but then I want you to see the assignment we fulfill the Bible says in Philippians chapter number 2 <clears throat> Philippians chapter number 2 verse number 15 <clears throat> that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation w- would y'all agree with me after watching the video and all of the slides of what's going on in Nigeria right now that that is crooked and perverse would you agree with me on that We're in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye, among whom ye shine. Say that with me. Say it again. Up in the balcony, everybody said, I mean, say it with authority. Shine. We shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain. Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 14. Ye are the light of the world. You remember when Jesus was here? He said, I'm the light of the world. As he was going back home to be with his father, he turned and said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let me go back to Philippians 2. Among whom you shine as lights in this world. Among whom you shine as lights in this world. In a crooked and perverse place. In a place that's darker than we can ever imagine. In a place that is controlled by Satan. And people are dying. Christians are giving their life. In that crooked and perverse place we're going to go in and we're going to attack it. And we're going to shine forth as lights in that world. Doing what? Holding forth the word of life. Which is the light. Preacher, what's going to, what's going to change that, that area of the world? This book. Because in this book is the knowledge of the glorious God in the face of Jesus Christ. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And all God's people say, help me.
help me. This, this, this isn't just going to fall out of the sky. God's commanded us to hold forth the light. Go ye into all the world. And all of God's people say it. I want you to take a moment. Say, how are we going to do this? Take a moment and grab your little booklet that's sitting in your, in your I guess it's sitting in your chair. How, how'd they get, everybody get one? Everybody get one? Everybody get one? Grab one real quick. Everybody grab one real quick. How are we going to do this? All right, before I do, I need to, I need to quiz everybody. How many of y'all knew y'all was going to have a pop quiz for the sermon this morning? Can everybody agree? Can everybody agree that Nigeria is pretty dark? I, listen, there were, there were videos and there were pictures we couldn't even show you of what's happening there. But there are people right now that's ready and they're waiting for the resources to be able to go in, people that are willing to risk their life to go in and take the gospel. They just need our help. And all of God's people say it. Look at your, look at your pamphlet. Open to the first page. Open to the first page. It is our desire at Temple Baptist Church to assist planting churches in America and around the world through prayer, giving, and hands-on assistance. The grace of God that has changed our lives is needed in every corner of the globe. Somebody say amen. For sure, together, we can make a difference. Now, we all know about church planting. I'm not going to take too much time there. We know we're going into places to share the gospel so we can plant churches. Now, a church is something that can reproduce itself. And go into other places. Our primary focus for the missions program is church planning. Our goal is to send missionaries to the field for the primary purpose of establishing New Testament churches that will be led by indigenous people. That's native people. In other words, native Nigerians are going to take this and, 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 and take it throughout their country. That they can, let's see, and become fully self-sustaining. Humanitarian work is very important and needed. But what we desire is to seek this work of water well building, medical care, orphan care, human trafficking, all these things done through these churches that we are planting. If these things are done through the church, then they can be used as a tool to spread the gospel. Now, what are unreached people groups? In Christianity, an unreached people group refers to an ethnic group without an indigenous self-propagating Christian church movement. The people that we seek to reach are those who have not been exposed to the gospel. That is where the term unreached is derived. There are more than 6,700 unreached people groups across the world. Can you imagine? I told you I was singing Jesus Loves Me before I was old enough to read. We have been so privileged to be born in the light. And there are millions of people on this earth who've never heard the name Jesus Christ. They don't have the peace that you have. They don't have the ability to lay down their head on their pillow and know everything's going to be all right. We've got to tell them. Somebody say amen. I want you to look at the next page. On the top of the page it says faith promise. Faith promise. How are we going to do this? What is faith promise? Most of you that have been in church a while, you, you, you know this, you're familiar with this. But if you, if you are not, I, I want to explain it to you. How do we, how do we fund our missions projects and our, our, our missionaries? And we've got a list of all of our missionaries here in this booklet. What is faith promise? It is a pledge to give a specific amount over the next year on a weekly or bi-weekly or even a monthly basis. It is essentially saying, by faith, I promise to give a certain amount 
over the next year. Our missions program is funded solely through our faith promise giving. In other words, all of our missionaries that we support all over the world come through the, the financing of our faith promise. And, and you say, what do I need to do? We want you to pray. We've got four weeks to pray. And, and you say, what am I supposed to do? Whatever God tells you to do. You ask the Lord, Lord, and see, here's the thing. If you do what God tells you to do, and you pledge what God tells you to pledge, then it's his responsibility to make sure you got it. How many of y'all are glad that takes all the pressure off? Amen? All right. Number one, our budget. We have committed financially to the ministry of our missionary partners. We hope to grow this budget annually, and we desire through Faith Promise Program to increase the number of missionaries we support and to increase the dollar amount of the missionaries we currently support. With your commitments, we'll be able to budget for the upcoming year. And here's, you know, everybody knows the old saying, one horse can pull 1,000 pounds, but two horses can pull 10,000 pounds. The point to this is saying this is a task or project that goes much better if everyone pitches in, even if it's just a little bit. Rather than 50 people in our church carrying the entire missions budget, if each family, would, family unit would commit every week to give even just a small amount, we can meet our goal without it being a burden on a few. Everyone can give from children and zoo kids to senior adults. If everyone participates, we have the opportunity to reach more unreached people groups. Now, here's the thing. This is not giving. Say that with me. This is, oh, I have, I have, I, I, that, that was about a, a quarter of the folks in this building. This has just got you all shook up this morning. Let me say it again. This is not, this is not giving. What is it? It's investing. It's investing. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In our daily lives, most of what we invest in are temporal things. Houses, cars, careers, all these things which are necessary, but they're, they're here to maintain our lives. It becomes a challenge to find areas that we can invest in that have eternal connotations. Investing in the Faith Promise Program is a great opportunity to make an, a difference in eternity. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, we're going to do missions trips next week, so uh, uh, just skip that one. Skip down to where it says 2018 praise reports. I want to go over that because that's very important. Here's what we were able to do. Here's what we were able to do. Through our monthly faith promise commitments, we will continue to, or we will contribute more than 85000 to our missionaries' monthly support in 2018. 54000 of this went directly to church planning endeavors. Since we kicked off the 2020 project in 2016, we have planted 360 churches. Can we give God glory and praise for that? We've been able to plant 360 churches. Our goal, our goal was to, by 2020, was to plant 500 churches. And Lord's willing, if the Lord continues to bless, we'll see this goal exceeded thanks to the devoted faith promise contributions made each month by Temple Baptist Church. Now, last year's one-time offering of 125000 allowed us to see more than 800 churches planted with the help of a matching program. If you'll remember, someone uh, said that whatever we raised, they would match it dollar for dollar. And through that, we was able to see that happen. Uh, using conservative estimates based on the amount contributed last year by Temple Baptist Church, we had part in approximately, watch this, 20 thousand people coming to know Christ as their Savior. What? Ho, 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 ho. More than 200 orphans and widows being cared for through those church endeavors. Can we give God praise right there? 
Man, how exciting. What do we want to do this year? What do we want to do this year? Our project Nigeria. Our budget is 150000 for a one-time offering that we're praying that God would allow us to raise November the 4th. The vision is to see 500 disciple-making churches planted across unreached and least-reached Muslim-dominated areas of northern Nigeria. I showed you the map that was in the green. That's where we're targeting. With a population of more than 190 million people, more people live in Nigeria than any other country in, in, in uh, Africa, making it a strategic region for expanding the church planning and disciple-making movement across West Africa. If you'll study the Bible, you'll find out that Paul would go to major cities and plant a church, and then through that effort, he would branch out from there to the surrounding areas. And all we're doing is the same thing the Apostle Paul did. Church, say amen. All right? The target area for this project extends across the unreached and least-reached Muslim-dominated communities of northern Nigeria. The local church is northern. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me, uh, the, the local church in in northern Nigeria faces violent persecution from radical groups like Boko Haram and the Muslim Fulani. Christians in those areas are discriminated against, rejected from society. And our vision is to train and equip local leaders to penetrate these least reached areas with the gospel, leading to 500 disciple making churches planted in northern Nigeria. This project utilizes a two year training process that centers on spiritual multiplication, obedience-based discipleship, and mentoring all through solid biblical training. Now, here's, here's a cool deal. Our matching grant partner, because this project targets North Nigeria, it is connected to an all-or-nothing $1 million matching grant, which runs through the end of 2018. This, excuse me, this means in partnership with the matching grant, this proposal will lead to 1,000 churches planted if we have the ability to raise that amount. Church, say amen. Now look at the next page. Look at the next page. I'm not going to list all of our missionaries and our missions endeavors there, but you can look at them when you go home. Uh, those are who we're taking care of right now and we're supporting right now through our faith promise giving. Now here's how you can do your part. Here's how you can do your part. I want you to pray about two things. I want you to pray about two things. First, a one-time offering, November the 4th, and then a faith, a faith promise goal, which we give throughout the year. All right, our one-time offering goal is 150000 If every person in our church gives $75, or if every family gives one fifty, we would reach our one-time offering goal and plant 500 new churches in Nigeria. From these churches planted, more than 10,000 people will be reached with the gospel, and we will have a foundation in which to move throughout Western Africa, planting and more churches throughout the region. But then I want you to pray about a faith promise for each week or each, each month, however you decide to do it. The chart below represents different amounts that can be committed to our one-year faith promise goal. If you commit to give $2 per week, after one year you will have given $104 to missions. If you commit $6 per week, the faith promise after one year, you'll be given $312 and planted one church. If you, if, if, if you as an individual give $6 a week, you will be responsible for planting one church in Nigeria all by yourself. If you commit $50 a week to Faith Promise, you will have given enough in one year to have planted over eight churches. Eight churches. Now listen, as your pastor, this is what I'm telling you. I used to, I used to be real bothered. I used to be real bothered to ask for money. I, I, I wouldn't even ask my father for lunch money. I just don't like doing that. I, I, I'm not, that's just not me. It's not in me. And God began to change my mind when it become to what I'm asking for. I'm not asking for me. I'm not asking for my family. It's not for anything that I... I am asking you to pray 
and ask God what you want to do so that a Nigerian child will have the opportunity to be able to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. How many of y'all want to join me? Say amen. amen. That can happen if you will pray. Now here's the deal. Nobody can give the same. Nobody can give the same. Everybody's different in here. Everybody's different in here. Everybody has different financial abilities in here. It's not about equal giving. And I don't want everybody. If, you know, we, we do that. We write that in the, in the pamphlet so we can kind of get a, a, a grip of what can be done. But everybody can't give 75. And I don't want everybody to give 75. Because if you can give more than 75, you ain't got no business giving 75. And if you can't give 75, God's not asking you to give 75. God's asking you to give what he tells you to give. Because if you give what he tells you to give, he will give it to you to give. And all God's people say it. Say this with me. Not equal giving. Say it louder. But equal sacrifice. Say it again. Say, preacher, what is this going to do? It's going to go to take this light of the glorious gospel, the knowledge of Jesus Christ to a dark place. Do you know what will be cool one day? As you share your financial resources, and we are sending this to it, it's going to be cool one day to watch CNN News and see, you know what, we don't know what the transformation is in northern Nigeria, but northern Nigeria has become a peaceful place. And CNN ain't going to know what happened, but you're going to sit in your living room and you're going to say, I know! I helped to make that happen! And all God's people say it. Let's stand. Let's stand. Preacher, what's the invitation? The invitation is this. I want us to pray right now. God, what do you want me to do? Now, if you need to be saved, if you, 